Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either... You are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Happy New Year! Welcome back, everyone. This is the first episode of the new year. It feels like it's been a year since the last podcast. Since I started doing the podcast twice a week, this is the longest that I've been on vacation. I usually don't take off for the holidays. But as many of you know, I'm in Ghana. I'm still in Ghana. I know we talked about my trip to Ghana, but the most recent episode I recorded, I think I taped it like December 19th, and then I went to Ghana two days later. And I've been here, I think today marks two weeks that I've been in the country. I was originally supposed to leave today, but I extended my trip for at least another week. That's how much of a really good time I'm having in Ghana. Speaking of amazing good times, I think this might be a live episode or just very lightly edited Um, We'll see when I get to the end. I am on my third hotel. Um, I'm here with my friend Davida. You remember Davida. When I was in Holbosch for my birthday, Davida and I did an episode together where we talked about our travels. We bounced all over the world together. But I'm here in Ghana with Davida. She was hosting a trip for 20 women, Americans who wanted to go to Ghana, many of them for, for the first time. There was this one lady, it was her first time like out of the country ever. And I was like, oh my gosh. The trip started on the 27th. So Davida came on the 19th and then I got here on the 21st and we stayed in one hotel just to do Christmas. And then we moved to a new hotel, the Turn Up Hotel for when the travelers came. And then when I extended my stay, the apartment that I want to stay in, it's the one I want to move into when I move to Ghana later this year. So I wanted to stay some extra time and actually live in the space and make sure it was compatible for my needs, that the Wi-Fi works, that it's walking distance of, you know, restaurants and cafes, or at least I can have access to Ubers and I want to know where the grocery store is and the dry cleaner, things like that. And just make sure it's like a safe and good area before I commit to like living there, you know? But the place doesn't open until today. So there was a two-day gap between when I had to check out of the last hotel and into my apartment. So I switched hotels again. All my friends, um, since I've started talking about moving to Ghana, are they're threatening me with a good time. They keep saying they're coming to visit me. So I actually will have a two-bedroom 
Um, but on the off chance that, um, you know, some couples might want to come, don't nobody fuck in my house but me. So if they want to come, they will need a nice place to stay. So I was like, oh, well, let me, you know, continue my hotel tour so I can give good advice on where to stay when folks want to come. So this is my third hotel. And I check out later today to go move into my apartment, which I'm really, really, really excited about. I've been stalking this place for a really long time. So it's a, you know, in a long list of, you know, things that I plan to do and plan to see that I've been knocking off the bucket list while I've been in Ghana. Um, this is pretty high up there. Um, I'm really, really, really excited about this place. I hope it meets or exceeds all of my expectations. So I'll let you know next episode how it turns out. Clearly, I'm having a really good time in Ghana. I might fuck around and stay to the 17th or later. The only reason I had planned to, you know, really come back, the only reason I didn't book earlier when I first booked my ticket was my blog anniversary is coming up. January 10th is the third anniversary of Ratchet and Respectable, which is so crazy to me. Because if you are a longtime listener, you know that when I started this, I was like, I'm going to give y'all 90 days and see how this turns out. And even within that 90 days, I was like, mm, I don't know, y'all. This is mm. and I was only doing it once a week then. So, you know, to be three years later and, you know, be doing it twice a week and, you know, the many myriad of ways this blog has changed my life for the better is it's just so amazing to me. So so I had planned to come back because I wanted to throw like a little cocktail party. I wanted to have cupcakes or a cake with my blog logo on it. I had like all these ideas. But this second wave of COVID, like just gathering in the States, especially, is just it can't happen. It seems like everybody I know, and thankfully they're they're vaccinated and boosted, so I don't know anyone who's been like real, real sick. But so many of my friends have COVID right now. Like it's worse even than it was back in like you know March, April, May, June of 2020. I know so many people who who tested positive recently. I was like, what am I rushing back to America for? The United States is leading the world in COVID cases and COVID deaths. Every country does not have that situation. You know, there's definitely COVID in Ghana, but it is nowhere near comparable to the rate of the U.S. And they're also really responsible here. Like every morning when I get off the elevator at this hotel, they take my temperature. Even to drive on or to walk on to the grounds of the hotel, they take my temperature in the car. Or if I walk off and come back, they take my temperature when I come back. But they're constantly taking temperature checks. They're constantly reinforcing mask wearing, which most people do on their own anyway, but which most people do on their own anyway. Um, They force sanitizer on you. Like to enter a club, like someone comes and like sprays your hands with what looks like a Windex bottle. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're spraying on me, but it smells like alcohol. So like rubbing alcohol, not like liquor alcohol. They're pretty intense about it over here. I feel pretty safe here. I feel safer than I do in the US. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, Ghana's been amazing. I don't even know where to begin to detail it. Like I've been talking about a lot of stuff on my social media, but overall, like I, the parties have been like amazing. The food, amazing. The men, pretty amazing. Like I've had some interesting dating experiences, but I've met some like really dope guys. Like consistently the men that I've met here are of a, how do I want to say this? Uh, better suited for me um, than the guys I've been meeting, especially in LA. I had a date last night with this guy. He's, um... British by way of the Caribbean. I'm trying to avoid details because if like if I give too much, like you'd be like, oh, so and so, because only so many people here that fit the description. He's on assignment here 
for a few years. But we had cocktails on a rooftop last night and we were there from like 7 until 1 a.m. I thought it was like, I don't know, 9, 30, 10. And he was like, it's 1 o'clock. And I was like, are you serious? Just a really dope guy, interesting, well-traveled, well-educated, well-employed. He's just lived a very fascinating, full life. He's 45, also previously married, also divorced, no kids. And we have a similar life vision. He was like, you know, where do you picture, like, you know, your, I feel like I've grown up adult life. Like, what does that look like for you? I was like, I feel like I have a really beautiful townhouse or home. Um, it could be in Ghana. It could be in another African country. I'm not sure. But I see myself in, like, a beautiful captain and gorgeous braids welcoming my friends who have traveled from across the Atlantic to come visit me and I'm welcoming them into like my beautiful home with a large foyer. I host dinner parties and cocktail parties and I'm just surrounded by like good friends and beautiful art and gorgeous decor and lots of love. And I see myself partnered in this vision and not necessarily married, but it, it's it's me and a, a melanated man at the door. I'm welcoming my friends and family into my home and brown melanated man is reaching for the friends and family luggage. That's the vision that I see. And it's it's just something that started coming to me. I haven't fully like flushed it out. So yeah. But last night, like after the um the date, I called my parents when I got back to the hotel. My mom was like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm at the hotel. We were on a video call. And so she was like, you look like you had a great night. You're like glowing. You look so happy. Like, who were you with? And I was like, oh, like I had a date. And then my dad, I didn't realize he was sitting there. And my dad was like, tell me about the date. So I'm like sitting on FaceTime telling my parents about this date with this guy. And my mom was like, huh, when are you scheduled to come back? And I was like, yeah, you know, like next week, like, you know, it's a week from tomorrow and then I'll be back. And so she was like, huh, we'll see. And I was like, what's that supposed to mean? And she was like, I mean, the way you look right now, I don't know if you're coming back. And I was mommy, mommy. And then I talked to him after that. And we weren't on video, but he asked me, he was like, you sound like giddy. And he was like, what'd you get in tonight? You've been drinking? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I just went out. I had a dinner. Like, I just got home. And he, he said, from dinner? I was like, yeah. And he said, this late? I said, yeah. He said, you had a date? I said, yeah. And, like, we are not in a relationship. Like, he lives on one side of the country. I live on the other in general, I don't do long distance. So, you know, we're not exclusive. He does his thing. I do mine. Like, and, you know, our time together is our time together. Our time apart is our time apart. Just dating is what works for us right now. But he was like, oh, you like this one? I do. Oh, huh. When you coming home again? The 12th, I think. You think? Okay. I don't think he liked that answer too much. So, yeah, we're dating. So, but that's Ghana. I mean, there's so much more. I could really do like a whole episode on Ghana because I've had so many revelations. Being out of the country for extended periods of time, which two weeks isn't long, but it's enough to start, you know, comparing and contrasting. And not saying one place is better than the other, but just noticing differences. There are things about America that make way more sense to me. And then there's other things about it where I'm just like, why do we do it like that? That don't make no damn sense. Like, we should probably try this. Okay, I think this podcast episode might be all about Ghana. Because now I want to tell you the story about my friend. We met in Bali 
Our mutual friend realized we were both there and she was like, oh my God, you're two of my most favorite people. You two have to connect in Bali. She and her driver came and picked me up and we went to an amazing restaurant and we were supposed to just have lunch and we ended up spending like the next, I don't know, like 10 hours together. We ended up at some really sexy beachside restaurant for sundowners, drinking Prosecco champagne, eating apps, like breeze on the beach. Like it was magnificent and wonderful. And I was like, oh my God, I love this chick. She's in Ghana right now. So again, we're in the same country at the same time. And we meet up and go to the polo club. And she told me something like, well, let me drop my husband off and then my driver and I will come and get you. And I was like, yo, who? Her husband. She said she got married last year. And I was like, you didn't tell me you got married. And so she was like, I really didn't tell a lot of people I got married. I just, you know, got married. So she married a Muslim man and he is, she wouldn't tell me his age. She just kept saying like, he's young, he's young. I think he's like 25 is what I could like pull together. I'm not sure. But this is where it gets fascinating. So she started telling me about Prophet Muhammad. I don't really know much about Islam. You know, I knew who Prophet Muhammad was. I knew who Khadijah was. But so she was telling me that like Khadijah was 40 when Prophet Muhammad married her and he was 25. So in Islam, marrying an older woman is kind of not biblical, obviously, Quranical, it's fine, right? Um, It's fine because Prophet Muhammad did it. Women owning businesses is encouraged in Islam because Prophet Muhammad's first wife, Khadijah, owned business, owned a business. She met him, I think, while he was working for her business. So being an entrepreneurial woman in Islam is, again, Quranical. So my friend is telling me how she met this man. He was helping her run her business. She recognized that he was an upstanding man with good leadership qualities, a good head on his shoulders, and he was always speaking about marriage. And so she was like, well, let me introduce him to some upstanding young women that I know. So this young man and can meet a nice young woman and they can build, you know, an upstanding life together. And so the man was like, I don't want no, you know, woman my age. I want you. And she was like, come again. She was like, he had all the qualities that I said that I wanted in a partner and he came in a beautiful package as well but you know his age and then he's the one that explained to her about prophet muhammad and khadijah and how they met which were in the circumstances that they are now meeting and the age difference between them so he was like this is not a problem for me she did have to convert to islam which she was like i was already headed in that direction anyway asking her about the marriage. And I was like, you know, is this like the U.S. where you like go and get a license or is this like a family agreement? So it is said, so it is done. Like, how is this working? And so she was like, no, she was like, it's like a a marriage contract. You work with the equivalent of, I don't know the correct name. It starts with an I, I believe, but it's like a minister. Say like the person who leads a mosque. Forgive me for not knowing the right word, but they work in conjunction with him and they create a marriage contract that is multiple pages and you detail out what your expectations are of your spouse. And it's everything from the number of times you have sex to uh, parameters for taking on a second wife, financial expectations, how and where you expect to live, number of children, 
uh, anything, anything that comes to mind that you expect from your partner down to like the most minute details so that there's no misunderstanding about the expectations that you have for each other as a spouse and that you're agreeing to the expectations um, that your spouse has for you. You know, you write up this contract and then you sign this contract. And then when you go through the marriage, in case there is ever conflict, you refer back to the contract. And I was like, what? And so she was like, yeah, it's genius. And I was like, no shit, it is, it's genius. And I was like, why don't we do that in America? Because literally you just go sign a marriage license and like you're not required to get counseling. Like it's a good idea no matter how long you've been together. But like it's not a requirement. I mean, I hope people have conversations about their expectations of a spouse. But then, you know, I worked in the dating and relationship realm forever in a day. I promise you a lot of people do not have those expectations. Like, well, I thought he would you know, do this and do that. I'm like, did you tell him that? Then why you expect him to know that? I mean, it sounds like a grueling process to go through and list all these things, but I'd I'd rather have them listed out and considered than not and be surprised. Be like, I thought you was, I thought you would. No, 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 no. So, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What time is it? Because you know I got to check out this hotel. It's 1013 in Ghana, which is 530 a.m. on the East Coast. And then, what, 2 a.m. on the West? Even after being off for two weeks, I'm a day late. My bad. I'm doing the best I can, y'all. Because I'm really sitting up in my room recording this podcast. And you know I really just want to be down by the pool. That's really what I want for my life right now. Maybe I'll go edit this down by the pool with a cocktail. Oh, it's 1015. I feel like I'm Miranda right now. Speaking of which, we have a few more minutes. We can talk about some random things. I'll talk about Miranda in a second. Megan Good and Devon Franklin, after I'd gone on hiatus for 2021, they announced their separation. They'd been together almost 10 years. To my knowledge, they do live in L.A. I do think that, you know, parting before the 10 years when the community property hits is uh, probably very strategic on one or both of their parts. So you don't have to give up half your shit as is required in California after 10 years. I think there's there's a convenient timing for that. They both taken a high road with their divorce announcement. They released a joint statement that was, you know, they continue to be the best of friends and they just don't, you know, feel that being married is, is where they both want to go on their life's journey. I saw earlier today that Devon Franklin, I guess TMZ or somebody caught up with him when he was coming out of the gym and they asked him about Megan and he said, that's the love of my life. You know, they're both keeping it classy as they should. I don't like to see divorced folks go back and forth with, with accusations and, and dragging 
and all of that. Um, although it's very hard to do, especially when you're like a, a public figure of some part, like people are just like, well, what happened? It must be this and it must be that. And, you know, I watch people do that about me and my ex-husband and people got like 5% of that right. I've read multi-page threads about why me and my husband divorced on, you know, various sites. People sit on there claiming that they know you, that they're friends with you, that they've seen this, that they've seen that. They've been to your home. They saw you at a restaurant. I'm like, y'all be listening restaurants, nail salons, shit I ain't never heard of, never been to, conversations I've never had, things that have never happened. Like, there's so much speculation. And that's just, like, where I am. Megan Good and Devon Franklin are far, far, far more um, famous than I'll ever be. Not even, I can't imagine what people were saying. I saw what people were saying and I was like, y'all have no freaking idea. And they were like, she probably, it's probably because she didn't get that man any kids. You have no idea what, the, what their private conversations were. And clearly they didn't go well because they're getting a divorce. If everything's rosy and happy and, you know, joyful, you don't, you know, leave your spouse. The only thing I had to say about it, I think I, I wrote a little update on my Instagram. I think I'd already started traveling when that story broke and people were asking me what I thought. And I was like, girl, bye. I'm thinking about Ghana. I ain't thinking about these grown-ass married people living their lives, how they see fit. I think I said something like marriage is hard and I wish them the best as they continue on life's journey. And that's really all I got, to be quite honest with you, because we don't know what happened and we don't need to know. It's not any of our business. If they decide to share then that's something that I'll weigh in on. But otherwise, like, you just never know. Marriage is hard. It just, it is. Most people who are married will tell you that. The people who be like, oh my God, my marriage is so perfect. It's so easy. We never struggle. Y'all are serial killers. Somebody go dig up in people's backyards. I guarantee you they got bodies, either humans or animals, buried in that backyard. Serial killers among us. Marriage is hard. You're trying to like build a whole life with a, another person. That's not going to be easy. It shouldn't always be hard. Every day should not be a struggle, but, you know, there are times when it will be. And that's just inherent to the institution of marriage. I think that's important for people to talk about because people make it sound like it's all like roses and sunshine and romance and vacations. And, you know, it can be those things, but it's also like the day-to-day minutia of living and building with another person. Like, you know, it has its ups, it has its downs. This is not a divorce. It'll probably lead to one um, on my new favorite TV show. The Sex and the City reboot. Your girl, Miranda, I saw the most recent episode, maybe like an hour after it came out. People were like, are you going to write a recap? I repeat, I am in Ghana and I'm not living here currently. So I'm on vacation. My priorities are not the same when I'm traveling, especially out of the country. I did the podcast twice a week for the entire Odyssey, that six week Odyssey that I did over the summer. I didn't take vacation from the podcast when I should have. I did a disservice to myself in doing that. But anytime I'm out of the country, like after this, unless I'm living, I will not do the podcast. Like I deserve to go on vacation and like, you know, not work like everybody else. That's what I choose for me in 2022 to prioritize myself and not my work. That said, watch Sex in the City. I like the new series. Obviously, because I've been talking about it and recapping it, and these are some of my favorite characters, and I really like the new characters, the black people and women of color that they brought into the show. But this last episode, people were like, I think this is the best episode, and the series is starting to find its legs. And I was like, really? I feel like they got Carrie out here looking like like a geriatric. I kind of like just sort of compare, like say, like, um, like Carrie's life to like Bevy Smith's life. When I'm in New York, I go home because I'm tired. Baby's still out talking about let's go to the next party. 
Baby in the middle of the dance floor where I'm like, girl, my feet. Baby got on four inch heels and be getting it. So that's my vision of like 55. Like I'm looking at people like Bevy and her peers who I hang out with when I'm in Harlem. Like they are like vibrant and sexy and active and I guess because they melanated, unwrinkled. But I was like, you got Carrie out here with like having to get hip surgery and walking with the cane and can't bend over. And I was like, look, like I know I don't move the same as I did in my 30s. And I don't expect that I will move the same in my 50s as I do in my 40s. But like hip surgery and poor thing is peeing on herself in the bed. Like, my God, I've seen 100 year olds like my uncle, like my um great uncle like over the summer as part of the odyssey we went to his 100th birthday party he move around better than carrie does like come on and he moves slow now in 99 and 98 he was still getting it he was still driving but that's a whole other story but i was like carrie is out here acting like a decrepit old woman instead of 55 i'm like where's your vibrant ma'am i mean like i know your husband just died but like that fucked your hip up but her trifling ass friend miranda look Miranda says she and Steve hadn't had sex in, did she say months or years? Either way, I was like, I understand like the attraction to Che. Like, I like to think of myself as completely heterosexual, but I'd be watching Che and be like, am I? Che got that, um, what's Niecy Nash's wife name? Jessica. Che got that Jessica kind of energy. I'd be looking, I'd be like, uh, if that's what's going on, huh? No disrespect to Niecy. I ain't trying to touch. I just be looking at your Instagram. You look happy, sis. Good for you. But I was like, Che got energy. And I've said that since the first time Che popped up. But I was like, Miranda saw it too. And I said early on, I said, Miranda about to get turned out by Che. I see it coming. And sure enough, sure enough, Miranda in Carrie Kitchen, she's supposed to be looking after Carrie, help her get to the bathroom. Miranda is getting finger fucked in somebody else's kitchen. Man, and was loud about it too. How you going to be fucking in somebody else's house and be loud? Man. Talk about we were trying to keep it down because you were asleep. Ma'am, don't nobody get fucked with a finger or anything else in my house except me. I said that early in the podcast. I said the couples come to visit, y'all going to have to abstain in my home or take it to a hotel. Ain't no, I ain't offended if y'all don't want to stay with me. I am offended if y'all want to be fucking in my house. I don't want to hear nobody else having sex in my house. That's why Miranda's son, we've been talking since the whole series rebooted about how Miranda's son Brady ain't got no damn respect and be having sex in the house like he paying all the bills in that bitch. Uh-uh. Her teenage son with his girlfriend who clearly ain't got no home. Cause I'm like, sis, where's your family? Why are they not looking for you? Why have you not been reported missing? Why are you not on the back of a milk box? Miranda sat right in Carrie's kitchen. They, and they smoke weed up in that lady house. You don't just go to somebody else's house and just pull out and start smoking. A vape is one thing. Cause the smell is different, but you gonna actually like smoke weed. weed. You gonna roll up in somebody else's house and start smoking and have their whole house smelling like marijuana. No, no, it's disrespectful. I would have cursed both them bitches out. What is Che? Che's a they. Can I still call they a bitch or is they a motherfucker? I'm trying to be insulting, but I'm not trying to be offensive to gender. But they, Che, and she, Miranda, would have got cursed the full fuck out. Carrie sat there and listened to them had sex. And was like, oh my God, oh my God. And went and peed in the Diet Snapple bottle. No the fuck not. I would have interrupted. I would have cursed both them bitches out. Or that bitch and that motherfucker. Both of them was getting cursed out. Finger fucking in my kitchen. Ma'am, that's why Brady be doing that shit. Your mama ain't got no boundaries of respect either. That's why the boy ain't got none. Both of them need their ass beat. Miranda need her ass beat twice for being grown and not having no goddamn boundaries and misraising that child with no damn boundaries. Steve too. 
I was so mad when I saw that scene. People were like, oh my God, that was so funny. That shit was disrespectful. I was hot like it was happening in my house. And Carrie was like, what is going on with you? What is going on with you? Miranda was like, I'm miserable. I'm unhappy. Well, sis, we knew that. And then she wanted to blame Charlotte, Charlotte for sending her the drinking book. Come to find out she ordered that shit when she was drunk and forgot. Ma'am. At least she did pour the liquor down the sink at the end. She told Carrie, she's like, if I thought I had a drinking problem, I would immediately stop. When she got the reminder, how did you enjoy XYZ book? She was like, oh shit. Speaking of which, we've had conversations on here about like the orgasm gap, right? It's the idea that like heterosexual women are having way less enjoyable sex and far fewer orgasms than queer women, lesbian women, basically all women who are not heterosexual. Cishet women who have sex with cishet men are having the worst sex ever, essentially. So while I don't condone where Miranda had the sex, or, and you know, that she shouldn't have been having it with someone who's not her husband, but she ain't fucking him either. Not that it's okay, but, you know, in context, I understand. Don't condone, I understand. But I was like, is, is this the kind of sex that, you know, lesbians or, or non-binary people are having? queer people are having i was like are, are these the kind of orgasms you're having because man was yelling from the mountaintops i was like how many fingers does shay have <laughs> i said what these queer people know and these lesbians know that i don't know what y'all doing can you teach it to men i saw some thread the other day this guy had asked he says what does sex feel like for a woman and the answers were terrible basically they were like then in general, the men that women are having sex with don't know what they're doing at all. They get off, but nobody else is, which speaks to the orgasm gap. Man was yelling to the mountaintops. You would have thought Chase showed up with that hitman holiday, that Nick Cannon, that Trey Songs, that Safari. You know, he never did make that sex toy. He was supposed to make a mold of his penis. I was like, sir, you would have made 20 million easy. You must not want money. That man has the rod of God. That's probably going to be the title of this episode. <sighs> I am completely sober. It's 1031 in the morning. This energy that I have right now is how I be, the, is, is how I am the entire time I'm in Ghana. That's why I want to move to this place. Like it gives me the energy of like when I first moved to New York, to Brooklyn specifically, when I was 22. I moved to New York when I was 20. I moved to Brooklyn when I was 22. But this place gives me the energy of Brooklyn at 22. It's a playground to be explored. I'm on 10 every fucking day. And now I'm going to go edit this by the pool. There's so much more to talk about because it's been two weeks and we haven't spoken. Thanks for listening. I've got a whole new perspective on this podcast now that I've been in Ghana and just seeing the, the reach of it and the doors that it opens. This thing has been such an amazing blessing, and it's because of, of you listening. So I thank you. I appreciate you. Oh, last thought. Uh, rest in peace to Bell Hooks, um, who died in December, and then also to, to Betty White. She was about three weeks shy of her 100th um, birthday. She died on New Year's Eve, I believe, at 99 years old. She was a blessing. Um, she was absolutely hilarious, and at 99, she acted younger than Carrie on Sex in the City. I like the show. I just need them to stop making everybody act so old. Like, where's the vibrancy? I don't need, like, Miranda 
finger fucking in the kitchen level of vibrancy. Like, yes, I'm like, I don't need, that's like, that's like teenage shenanigans. Like, ma'am, are you having like a second adolescence? Like, your kid ain't even out the house yet. You acting up already? I will. All right. We will talk again on Friday. And if you need updates about what's happening in Ghana between now and then, you can follow me on Instagram. I haven't really been posting to my main Facebook page. If you want to follow Ghana for the remaining week of the trip, that is how that is the best way to do so. Because um, the recaps I do on here just don't do justice for like the day-to-day stuff. Like so much happens every day. I could be doing an episode every day of what's going on in Ghana. So if you want the play-by-play as it happens, follow me on Instagram. Follow my stories. So that's not everything. That's not close to everything. But I still want to talk about Nini and her new man and dating publicly, no less, three months after Greg's, and three months after her husband's passing, which I guess ain't really much to say because I'm like, uh, with all due respect, Greg is gone and is not coming back. Nini is alive and life, life, literally life is for living. I saw she got a new man with some gray hair, a quote-unquote age-appropriate man. They say he's a fashion designer. He's from Nigeria. I said he got real money or fake money. But knowing Nene, he got real money. I ain't saying she a gold digger. I'm saying she don't strike me as a woman who fuck with broke niggas. I also saw that she been running around with a young boy. I mean, a young boy got like pop smoke braids young boy. Like a young man clearly in his 20s. Them boys in their 20s got broad backs and a lot of energy. I hear they take direction well. I ain't saying, I'm just saying. All right now, y'all, we'll talk again next week. We'll have much more commentary on Friday. We'll see if we can catch up on so many of the things that we missed over the break, including that insecure finale, because I didn't mention it this episode. We'll save it. And Will Smith's book, I read it. I have thoughts. Oh, we're not done. If you have not picked up your merchandise for Ratchet and Respectable, it is available on the website, DemetriaLLucas.com. Most of the stuff is available. Some of the stuff has been restocked. I just haven't announced it yet. There's another merch drop coming. It's my anniversary celebration. I said this phrase on a podcast, feminist lips and ratchet hips. So those shirts are coming and they're coming in black and white. That tee and hoodie, I think, are coming. There are no like black crewnecks available in the United States. At least there weren't when I left. And then ratchet and respectable, the signature tee in black and gold is coming. And a new colorway for Shut the Fuck Up is free. This one is black, white, and podcast greens. Okay, okay. I miss you, clearly. I have so much to say. We'll talk on Friday. We're done now, for real. For real this time. Okay, bye. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit